I was apprehensive, I'd say. I never thought we'd do anything like this. And I said, well, what's it hurt to put your name in? What do you have to lose? Give it a shot. And if it's if it's the Lord, it's Him. If it's not, it's not. Mm. And so from the get-go, even in that conversation, I felt something in my spirit in the car mm-hmm. that it was serious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just one of those moments. And I definitely took a position of praying about it for the next year and a half in a significant way. Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast, where we help you understand that stewardship is about more than just your finances. We interviewed Scott and Shauna Yarbrough. They are operators of a Chick-fil-A in Chandler, Arizona. And Scott and Shauna have a really unique perspective when it comes to business ownership. They recognize that providing a job to people is about far more than just a paycheck. In this interview, they talk about what it means to lead a team and how they invest in their community through business ownership. This is an amazing conversation about what kind of impact we can have by stewarding business ownership. All right, Shauna and Scott, thank you for being here. This is awesome. Um, I'm just going to jump right in to this question. You guys are newer Chick-fil-A operators, right? Yes, sir. How did that happen? Like, why did you guys decide to do this? Well, I had gone actually to a marriage retreat uh, and a mutual friend of mine had invited us to go. I met another operator there. Okay. And we're at this retreat and I was at the time with the police department and he's like, yeah, Chick-fil-A loves people like you. You should think about being an operator. And it was so foreign to me. I'm like, there's no, really? Like, I'm a, I'm a cop, right? I've been mm. uh, in police work for, at the time, probably 17, 18 years, 17 years. He's like, no, no, they really like, I came from the military. He mm. was a retired military guy. Uh, you'd love it. So we, we put in an application thinking, ah, there's not much chance this is going to happen. So uh, I applied and it was a typical I would do an interview. They have different phases. They're in all 14 interviews before you get a Chick-fil-A. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, I kept telling Sean, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done. Like, <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. And then they call back They're like, hey, you're moving forward. You're moving forward. You're moving forward. Um, so the reality is it was completely God, I think, that worked the whole thing out. Hmm. And one of the most remarkable things is we actually got a restaurant that's two miles from the house we lived in since 1997. Wow. And when we tell that story at Chick-fil-A, they're like, what? Like most people move across the country or at least across their state to get a Chick-fil-A. But ours was open mm-hmm. uh, a year and a half old and the operator left and it was available and it's right by our house. So, Man. yeah. And it was really good. Uh, opportunity as well because it was kind of underperforming probably early to that market area. Okay. They built it. Uh, the site was available. So they're like, hey, let's build this restaurant. But it was under what the other Chick-fil-A's were and what I think most people expected. So that's a great opportunity for a new guy coming in with corporate world because now we've seen this explosive growth that was partially just due to the area picking up. Yeah. So there was opportunity there to say, Hey, look, this thing's already started and maybe we could make it better. Right. 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 Well, I mean, you said this happened at a marriage retreat where you met another Chick-fil-A operator. Yeah. Um, and as it pertains to your guys' marriage and relationship, Shauna, what, what were you thinking as these 14 <laughs> interviews and each step was going through? Like, were you, were you excited, apprehensive? I was 
apprehensive, I'd say. Mm. I did not, I never thought we'd do anything like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just remember the first time he told me about it, though, we were in the truck driving away from the Chick-fil-A on Germain. And I said, well, what's it hurt to put your name in? Because once he had said a couple things about the franchise fee and it's very low, mm. extremely low. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's less than my cameras. I mean, what do you have to lose? Give it a shot. And if it's if it's the Lord, it's him. If it's not, it's not. Mm. And so from the get-go, even in that conversation, I felt something in my spirit in the car mm-hmm. that it was serious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just one of those moments. And I definitely took a position of praying about it for the next year and a half mm-hmm. in a significant way. Man. So... Our company name is Stewardship. The name of this podcast is Defining Stewardship. And stewardship just has to do with um, the things that God has entrusted to us Mm -hmm. to do well with those, right? To make the most out of those things. And Sean, you you have a really great thriving photography thing going on. And Scott, you were police. This is very different. (laughs) Um, What was it about this situation that said, man, I think we could be better stewards of our lives and these opportunities to make a shift. Was there something about Chick-fil-A as a whole that that had you do that? Or maybe it was about, uh, no, we wanted this life change because we felt called to it. Or wh- how did it happen in that regard? Yeah. Chick-fil-A, I mean, you basically have uh, quoted the Chick-fil-A corporate purpose, which is to honor God, everything that's entrusted to us and to be mm. good stewards. I mean, it's that's the corporate purpose for Chick-fil-A since the 80s. Wow. Uh, so that was super easy to get behind. And, um, it made it an easy place to go for me, the thought of starting my own business. I mean, I'm late Mm forties. I wasn't going to just go start up, you know, Scott's barbecue restaurant. It was just (laughs) not going to happen. Um, but the corporate leadership at Chick-fil-A is so phenomenal Mm -hmm. and they make it uh, easy for people. They have about 40% of the operators come from the outside with usually little or no food experience, mm-hmm. but have some leadership experience. And that's kind of what they're looking for. That's why so many police, military. Um, so it was a natural transition there because they just provide so much support. Mm. And for me, that made it possible that I could operate kind of in my lane. And then there's people provided through Chick-fil-A, this phenomenal leadership support that they provide uh, to help you be successful. You know, I don't have to go decide where to buy cups and right. where to buy equipment and where to buy all those things that you would normally starting up something like this. Hmm. They do that for you. So that's that was the part of it that made it super attractive was that that was there. The stewardship part of it is it's a great company that encourages stewardship as well, hmm. you know, and we, we call it our paid uh, youth group. Hmm. It really is. I mean, we have tons of young people that work for us, lots of first jobs um, that come to us. So you have that opportunity to help teach them how to work and, you know, all of the things that are chicken play. But we also have adults that this is their career, this is their full-time life, and you get to walk through life with them and spend a lot of time helping them navigate different things that regularly get questions like, Hey, how do I get insurance on my car or register my car or where we need a place to live? And we're looking at renting and they're telling us I have to pay, you know, $10,000 up front. Like, no, no, no. Like, cause a lot of them I think get taken advantage of. 
Um, and so you get to step into that role for them. Like, Hey, bring me the paperwork. Let me look at it all mm, the time. Beautiful. You know, happens regularly, whether it's, you know, maybe a legal proceeding that they're going through or a, a, a lease that they're looking at. It's, it's been amazing. That part of it, I think we underestimated mm. how much of that happens. So do you guys then believe that this business is a ministry? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where outside of um, connecting with these employees, which a lot of people don't think about, right? A lot of people don't understand that it's more than just a paycheck that you're providing for somebody, but you're able to provide for somebody genuine, real mentorship as they're going through transitions in life. I mean, you just mentioned this is their first job for some of these folks. Mm-hmm. What a ministry that is. That is beautiful. What other ministries or ministry opportunities do you guys find as you're operating a Chick-fil-A franchise? The two of us working together, it models relationship. Mm. It models prayer. A lot of our team calls me. They want you to pray with them. Wow. I don't, I never initiated even asking someone that, Mm -hmm. but the culture, they already knew, Hey, can we pray? And so it was really interesting. It, it set me back at first realizing how much you are leading by example, just the way you look at people, the way that you talk to people. Mm. If you do have this servant hearted leadership, just that's in you, you either have it or you're learning it, Mm. or you don't care. (laughs) There's Mm -hmm. like a few categories of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I do all the hiring at the store. And so in the interview process, I get to know them. It's a vulnerable thing to go to your first interview. And it's also vulnerable for people. Almost anytime you're at an interview, you feel, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's nerve wracking. And so that has been fascinating to me to connect people to a job they want. I think being connected to a company with a family at the very top, the Kathy family, mm-hmm. they are the real deal. Talk mm-hmm. about servant leaders wow. for real behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And they are so good to us as operators. Uh, they are humble. Mm-hmm. They are grateful. They are kind and they work hard and they are generous mm-hmm. towards us. And then that's reciprocated. You know, anytime we go to a corporate event and they're so generous, then you go back and you want to you know, pour that back out on your team. Yeah. And so it just goes back to, I think, as we went through this process and we were thinking, is this really God? Is this what we're supposed to do? It's outside of our typical talent set for sure. Mm -hmm. But when you have strong leadership, you are willing to take a risk and make a transition. So we're also trying to be those kind of leaders that our team, you know, trusts us and knows that we care about you. We're not perfect definitely not perfect. We've learned a lot, Hmm. but that we're available. And I think that alone right now is rare Mm -hmm. that you're willing to pick up the phone or make the call and, you know, connect people to resources that they need. And yeah, it's been amazing. Just very relational, honestly. Yeah. Relationships. Yep. That's at the heart of every ministry, right? And whether uh, you are providing employment and people think it's just a paycheck to really what it really is, it's an opportunity to enhance somebody's life, make their life better. Mm-hmm. I always say at stewardship, if we're not making the people here better spouses, better parents, better siblings, better human beings, then what's the point, right? And it sounds like you guys have the opportunity to do that under beautiful servant leadership examples at Chick-fil-A. Yep. So being a business owner on its own is one thing, but then going the franchise route is another. And Chick-fil-A is well known throughout the country for being extremely 
uh, loving and having that servant leadership, but then also the support, like you said, I don't have to figure out where to order cups from. There's certain things that are, that are plug and play, but what parts of being in this franchise do you feel like, man, this is something that nobody can prepare you for. This isn't necessarily <laughs> like a, a plug and play thing. Like we had to experience this thing and try to figure it out as we were going. Do you guys have any of those stories? Definitely. I think the, uh, well, we, we hit on it. It's the people part mm-hmm. of it was more, I think, than I estimated in, in some ways, especially coming from like police world where I had roughly the same number of employees when I left about 60 mm-hmm. and probably five sergeants, but it's just a different world. You know, mm-hmm. like in that world, you keep your, you keep your drama at home for the most part, you know, yeah. it's not there, but in, in this world, it is, uh, you're just living life with all of the folks. So, mm-hmm. um, that part of, I think in some ways I've underestimated, but it's also been the most fulfilling part Wow, because it's clearly the most difficult part, especially for my personality. Um, just super three, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. achiever, want to get it done, mm-hmm. get it done, get it done, get it done. And, and so I've really, uh, had to have some help <laughs> from Sean. I just reminded you to take a look at, you know, the people around you and be relational and to connect with them has had a total change of focus for me as far as uh, really paying attention to them and, and making that connection, not just like, let's run this direction. You'll follow, you mm-hmm. know, so, uh, you find that, you know, we, we have like 1500 ish customers a day mm-hmm. and I can't serve 1500 customers myself. Right. I can't do it all myself. And so just that activating people and getting better at trusting them to do their part in it. Um, I, I say this all the time. It's a multi-million dollar business run on the backs of teenagers. Wow. And that can be a really scary place to be, mm-hmm. to think that, you know, this, so much of what we're doing is dependent on a teenager who is possibly their first job yeah. doing things right and teaching them and training them. But that people part has been difficult, um, but also fulfilling. And then you have this, this strange thing where you, for a lot of these kids, you don't want them to be working for you for 20 years. Like you want them this to be a jump off point. And then when they do it, it, the emotional toll that that takes, that took a little while at first because mm-hmm. you're like, wait, I thought you're going to be with me forever, you know, or like <laughs> at least, at least another year, you know, yeah. and, and you have these great kids that come in and you're like, pouring into them and you're giving them your best and they're like, okay, I'll see you later. I'm going to another job or I'm going to, to school. And on one hand, you're super happy for them, but the other time that's, that's painful. Mm. And so I had to adjust as well. Mm. I mean, we have a good turnover at just under a hundred percent per year. Wow. So then we're doing well and that's mm. better than most. So that part of it has taken some getting used to like these, you're not going to have these kids forever. You know, it's like your own kids. Like, yeah. I mean, they're that this age only for a little while and, you know, enjoying that part of it. But then when they move out or when they do something, you're happy for them, but you're simultaneously, it's a little sad. And that, that part we had to get used to. You guys have shared some really cool stuff so far about the joys of business ownership. Um, and how to make uh, business ownership a ministry. Um, and there's probably a lot of people listening right now that are wondering, man, maybe I should consider this. Or maybe they have considered being a business owner and now 
listening to you guys, man, uh, okay, maybe I need to take some next steps. Financially speaking, what are pieces of advice that you would give to people to say, look, before you consider doing these things or you do take these next steps, make sure that you do this one thing financially or make sure you have this one thing set up financially. Is there something that you guys wish you would have had or you're so glad that you did have set up financially prior to? Yeah, it's been financially really an interesting journey. Um, we, I think it's so important and we just had this conversation with our kids yesterday, just the value of when you're early in your career, start putting money aside, hmm. start saving, start investing, even if it's just like a nominal amount, just get in the habit of doing the habit, it. Yes. And if that becomes a habit, um, it will pay dividends. And for me, whenever I would get a raise, I would take half of it and put it, add that to what I put away and then keep half. So, right? so you just, it's, you know, it's money you didn't have yesterday. I have it today. So if I can only take half of it and put the other half away over years, you end up in a much better position financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then clearly making good decisions along the way, as far as mortgages, sharing with the boys, like don't refinance your house to pay off that high interest credit card like they're right. telling you to. Don't refinance your house to go buy that car. Right. But just keep making progress. It, it will just open doors for you. Mm. But for us, that's just been it. I didn't have a lot of money when we were young cop family, mm-hmm. you know, and Sean is out working hard and earning money as well, but you just put it away little by little and let it grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, they told you that when you're a kid, or at least I felt like we were told that by our parents, you know, just savings, but it's not, it's not super cool. Yeah. You know, like your friends are buying cool stuff, mm-hmm. but just the, I think it's the long, the long play. And then you find that you got some other streams of income and it makes these decisions a lot easier. It was a no brainer for us. Would you guys say that the habit of saving money um, that you said that you worked on and did over years even allowed for this to happen? Did, did this habit that you had of saving money say, look, we, we probably couldn't even done this if we wouldn't have had that? Well, yeah, because there's a part of the process of being a, in the Chick-fil-A, what, the interview process? Mm-hmm. They look into your credit yeah. history, right, mm-hmm. or something? Yeah, they definitely that, dive into That was a big part of it at the it was end. a big part is yeah. that, you know, having good credit and having money. Because, I mean, the reality is, although it's, very affordable to buy in, you still have to be able to sustain yourself for a good three, four months yeah. Yeah. Um, to where I can live off my savings. So mm-hmm. you need four months at least of savings to live your life plus the amount to buy in. Uh, yeah. If you don't have that and, and with Chick-fil-A too, I know they have young people that come in the 60% track is people that come up through Chick-fil-A and do their leadership development program. And then they become operators um, and I know of many that get to that point where they're ready to get their own Chick-fil-A and they're like, yeah, you don't have the money. You're not set up for this mm. to be successful. Um, because as you know, when you start a new business, you want to make decisions that are good for the long haul as far as your business goes. Right. Not, um, I'm going to maximize my profit right now, uh, and take it all out, which you have some control over mm-hmm. and then it doesn't serve you well in the long term. Well, Shani, you know that he's had these habits. You've lived these habits out with him over the years. How much peace did that give you as you had some of that apprehension, knowing, you know what, as scary as this is, starting a new business, doing something completely different, not photography, not being a cop, having that savings, 
How much peace of mind did that give you to move forward? It gives you a lot. I mean, it it, it allows for risk. Mm. And if you can't take risks, you're not going to have these amazing transitions in life because mm-hmm. you're just trying to cover the basics. Yeah. And because he'd been so faithful in his former job and he also had that retirement check, mm-hmm. it gave us a lot of security during that waiting period. Even if something went wrong, we knew we'd be okay. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where you know that you can take the risk because you've been paying the price for a long time. Yes. And we just, I mean, at times it was frustrating, but you know, I look back on it and we just didn't spend money that we didn't have. I think that's really important. That's another really good thing to just start young and recognize that there is more peace of mind with having something you can actually afford than, you know, trying to keep up with people. It's, it doesn't fulfill you anyway. Mm. So there's, we were just talking about that. Like, I think it's impacted our marriage because we trusted each other because he's very strong in his money. You can tell, like, he knows what he he's wants organized. to do. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm more of a free spirit, wanted to have some fun once in a while. Yeah. And so it was just a godsend. Like, he, and we're still doing it where I have an account that he doesn't look at. So he doesn't have to stress out, but I stay within the numbers that we've agreed on and are budgeted for. But I think allowing freedom is good for maybe people that think differently about money or have different, you know, we're still like, this is what we have. We're not going above it. Mm -hmm. But um, I think we've allowed each other the freedom to still be like, have this, the personalities that we have, (laughs) because I need to be able to enjoy it more than he does. Cause you know, he's just more chill about it. Yeah. You've allowed some for some margin. Yeah. It was probably one of the best things we did in our marriage was at a point where Like we said, then that conversation was whatever you make, you can spend it how you want. Um, and give it away and give it away because give it to whoever. Well, and that was kind of what's (laughs) going to be my point was that I would find that, you know, she's buying stuff for me or the boys or whatever. It wasn't like she's just running out buying designer bags all the time. It was like she was when she had that freedom, then, you know, she didn't just run out and uh, spend it all over, but had that that freedom and for her personality, that was huge because the control part of it was really hard for her just to feel like it and it becomes a trust issue. Mm-hmm. And when we did make that transition at that point, it was huge for our marriage and uh, just trust. And, uh, and now, you know, like I said, we kind of have a number that I'm like, you do with it what you want. And I find that she ex- makes that money go really long way. Yeah. I want to talk about generosity here in a little bit because your ability to be generous without having relational strife is a big deal. Uh, but I want to talk about that relationship for a second. I didn't prepare you guys for this, but you guys are already kind of talking about, and I think it's so beautiful. We need to be a good steward of our relationships as well. And when you try to take advantage of certain opportunities and risk does come, such as starting this business, it's going to have an impact on your finances, which will then have an impact on your relationship how has starting this, how has been going through this journey over basically the last two years, how has it impacted your marriage? Like how, how is it working together? So many people say, don't work with your wife, don't work with your husband. Like how is this working out for you guys and how has it impacted your, your relationship? Well, when we first started, we were both pulling like 80 hours a week together. And that was like a quick, this is not sustainable. Mm. I was getting migraines because it, I was going to say earlier, I think the hardest thing that I didn't anticipate was decision fatigue. Oh, wow. Yes. Right. Mm. For both of us. I mean, it's, there are fires or by that, I mean, 
challenges, whether it's where's this, where does this go, who's supposed to do this, and then everybody learning each other's personalities. And so I don't think the financial part really was as hard except for getting used to the numbers, even just the electrical bill, you know, that would come and the numbers are so much higher for everything. And so just, yeah, yeah, wrapping your head around the numbers, Mm -hmm. but um, because the business is established and it's Chick-fil-A, we realized early on it is a train and you've hopped on a, like a locomotive that's going. Mm -hmm. And if once we dialed in, some of these um, issues with just employees and getting servant leaders in place. It, we really didn't have to worry as much, but it's, but we have to keep track of everything. And I think that's where we had to figure out who's doing what. Right. And we realized. So you had to get roles for each of you. Yes. Well, and what yeah. we thought the roles yeah. were going to be initially different. was way different. Okay. Yeah. I mean, initially yeah. I thought that we'd probably spend more time doing this together in the restaurant. Um, I also thought that we were going to have to spend put more, not effort, but more, spend more time on marketing and that sort of thing. Is you think, oh, we got to grow this business because it wasn't underperforming, but then it took off like a rocket ship. So like, we're just along for the ride and Shauna's still doing our social media stuff and still growing it. But we quickly realized like, we need people. Like, I need mm. you to find me, find people. You're great at it. She can sit down and, and do an interview. Now we're doing video. She'll do videos with these kids and you just get to see, you know, what they're about. And so that has been her valuable part is at home. She can do all of that and, and stay in that environment. But we also learn just about our personalities and the nature of this particular business. It's, it can be, it's naturally chaotic. And it doesn't work for everybody. And I think she found pretty quickly that just like <laughs> the, the, there's so many um, things that need fixed or taken care of that if you are like in a position of we got to fix everything, it can get really unhealthy quick. And you have to be somewhat comfortable with a certain level of chaos and just yeah. imperfection. Like it's yeah. just um, and she's great at doing things just right. We learned initially like in her previous career as a photographer, you know, you had many less customers and your customers were like a hundred percent satisfied. Like everybody is just happy because that you have one customer and you can give them your best and it's great and you fix it if it's wrong. Like I said, 1500 customers a day, naturally, even if at 99% of them are happy, there's still going to be a few that aren't. And we had to kind of adjust our perspective on how do you deal with that? This person's really Mm. upset. Um, but that's just natural. You know, I tell the kids, there's some customers, uh, that you just, you're going to do your best for them, but no matter what, they may not be happy. And you, at the end of the day, have to be somewhat okay with that. You try and recover them the best you can, but they might just be having a bad day and it's not anything Mm. that we've done, but you're doing so much volume that that took us quite a bit of an adjustment. So we found that her role was incredibly valuable you know, doing the hiring part, connecting all the paperwork and the organizational part that goes with HR was something she's really good at and was able to do it, you know, at, at the house and not have to be in all of that day to day. So something that um, people don't get to experience if you fear going into business with your spouse is you don't get to experience watching your spouse really become a master of a craft and thrive at something. Like how cool is that, Scott, for you to see her do this thing 
that maybe she didn't really do in that way as a photographer. Like how fun is that to see your wife? Like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. And her, her personality and just her ability to really assess people has been hugely valuable Mm. and to see her grow in that, in that role Mm -hmm. of knowing, you know, who are, who's going to be good at this. But the funny thing about it too, at the restaurant is we've got kind of a group of our bright, shiny people up front. And then in the back, it's a totally different world. You go through that door and it is production. It is, you know, we need type A people that are particular, but can sit there and all day long, I'm making sandwiches or all day long, I'm, you know, breading chicken. And that's a very different person we've found than the upfront person who just wants to talk to everybody and right. what you need. It's yes. two totally different. And so assessing that. And sometimes we find great people. And then there's this question of where do they fit best? And sometimes they might start up front and it just doesn't fit. And then Sean's like, oh, why don't you try them in the back? And then all of a sudden, you know, we've had some leaders that just really go to the back and they're, and they're great. So mm. it's assessing people's skills and ability that she does so well. So something I'm hearing from both of you guys, not just in your relationship with your employees as business owners, but even in your relationship with each other, is you have to have grace for people in relationships to help them find the role that's best. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's what you guys were able to do as part of this process. I think that's beautiful. All right. I want to get into the end of this interview where we talk about uh, generosity, being a business owner and generosity as a whole is a command that God has given us. And it's a way to be a good steward. Uh, How has your ability to be generous or the way that you're able to be generous changed since becoming Chick-fil-A operators, being business owners? Well, you can be radically generous. Hmm. Like you put more zeros on the end of the numbers. Hmm. And it's amazing because when when something's highlighted in our life where there's a need, it is not even stressful. Wow. And it was so fun. We just did this. I'm like, put you can put another zero on it. Wow. You know, people that you've supported for years or new people. And oftentimes the kind of people we like to support, sometimes they just don't have maybe a lot of a a big platform and it's like, they'll be kind of highlighted. And I love that, you know, just Mm. finding people. And, um, I just, it resources are, we, we, you know, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor and we grew up with very little. And so I, you know, you navigate your way through this. Like, is it bad to have, you know, you can be nervous. Like, are you going to become, all about the money and is that bragging? I even feel weird talking about it right now, but that's mm-hmm. just the truth is you get to put zeros on the end of what you used to do. Mm-hmm. And it it helps people to do what they need to do more effectively. We have ministries that do things that we could never do. They're mm. just made different. Yeah. And so to be able to do that and be connected to something that equips you to be generous is, I think it's one of the most amazing things about this. We had a conversation (laughs) just a couple of days ago about, you know, some of the social challenges that are going on in our world right now, whether it's, you know, human trafficking and some of these really big causes that you're really, really concerned about. And I, I told her, you know, part of it was coming from my previous career and just spending a lot of time kind of dealing with that part of the world, you know, and just to say to Shauna, like, um, we, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to get into the details of all of it. I can't like emotionally take on the stories of all of these people, but I know it's a real need. 
go out and find places where we can what contribute money Man. and you find that and you bring causes and people that you've you know looked into or vetted somewhat that we can support that they can be on the front lines doing that because you know sometimes there's just a lot of fatigue in general uh with work and you're busy but just so much of what's going on in the world right now yeah. but you want to do something yeah but at the same time like we can't talk about this all the time it just wears you down mm -hmm. but we can help we can yeah. do something and we can contribute you know and we talk about the importance of going out and doing a good job you know earning a good wage so that you can bless other people God spoke to Shauna very clearly that the purpose of us getting this Chick-fil-A was to help create wealth for other people. Mm. And whether that is our employees or others, um, that that is part of the reason that he's blessed us with this and that we can share uh, through giving uh, that blessing that God's given us. That's beautiful. You know, I'm a big proponent of capitalism when compassion is there. I think uh, I would definitely define both of you guys as compassionate capitalists who are using this business to be not only a ministry, to make an impact on so many lives in so many ways. And it's beautiful. And I love listening to the story and I love listening to you guys do this. Uh, typically, when we have guests on, we like to allow them to share or highlight an organization that they love to give to. Um, is there an organization that you guys want to educate our listeners about and to uh, tell them to check out, hey, go check out this organization. They're doing great things. Consider being generous to them. Yeah, I, the local one that I would recommend is it's called Hope. Um, it's Help Overcoming Painful Experiences, hmm. and it's free. For people to go there, uh, anything painful or traumatic that you've experienced and you need some help, it's it's set up like a small group and they meet together. They have a website. It's just spelled out help overcoming painful experiences.org. Okay. And the thing I love about it is it's free for people to go because a lot of times when you've hit a hard place in your life, you don't have the the finances to get the help you need. Mm. And so even sometimes counseling isn't covered. And so they do this uh, amazing program. And we've had a couple team members that have gone and participated there and it's really made a positive impact on their life. Wow. And you can donate online. And Jim Grimm is the head of that ministry. Beautiful. We know him personally and really trust him and they really care about people. And they have huge testimonies. I mean, that you can go on the website for all the different types of experiences that they can help people walk through. So cool. So cool. There's one more. All Things Are Possible Ministries. It's a guy named Victor Marks. Okay. And he's he's got a huge following on Instagram, but he, uh, I first discovered him because they do, he would go over to Iraq and Syria and help rescue kids from the Taliban. Taliban. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he'd go rescue them. And they, um, the first thing I did, you can buy these. They're called comfort toys and they make them for children that suffer trauma. And they, so when they rescue the kids, they will put little scripture verses or songs in these little animals and it's in their language. So you can buy those and they have, um, these trauma kits for, uh, dignity kits for women in need. And they also resource military that suffer from PTSD. Hmm. I mean, this guy is a phenomenal leader. And cool. so it's called all things are possible ministry. He, he even goes into jails and speaks to, he used to talk to kids. He's a martial artist and 
I mean, he has this military dog that's famous. And I mean, you just look into this guy. He's amazing. That's and cool. Yeah, yeah really cool. great. I feel like they help so many people with trauma because he had a really amazingly traumatic childhood. So he's mm-hmm. full of compassion. And there's so many things about his story. And we use his story with, um, we have a second chance worker kind of, I call it, I've called it that. I call it my second chance worker program that I'm trying to establish at Chick-fil-A so that when these, some of these guys come, gals, guys and gals come out of prison or out of recovery, that they can come and work at Chick-fil-A. And mm. I use Victor Mark's story. Uh, there's videos that I share with them because a lot of them have similar stories. Mm. And so we're trying to do a little bit of that at the store with um, people who are trying to restart their lives because it's hard when you come out of prison to get a job and it's hard. A lot of people won't rent you a place to live. Mm. So we're we're doing a few of those at a time and we've had it, it's been really amazing. That's um, great. So, yeah, it's a great resource that I think people might want to support or at least you'll be inspired by it at the bare minimum. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I know that people who are listening have, have definitely been inspired by your guys' story, your uh, willingness to share. I'm so grateful and thankful that you guys have been able to come on the show. Um, listen, if you're, uh, Ever in the East Valley in Arizona, guys, you're listening to this. Check out their store. Acatillo in Arizona, right by Hamilton High School. Yep. in mm-hmm. Arizona, Hamilton yep. High School. Stop by their Chick-fil-A, get a sandwich, say hi. Thank you guys for coming on the show, for sharing, and uh, yeah, being a blessing to those people that are listening now. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's our pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening to the Defining Stewardship Podcast. We hope you found a lot of value in this episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode as we continue to seek wisdom and define stewardship.